October 26, 2021. Let's start reading and learning the book Da'atib Unot of Ramchal. Very, very briefly, Ramchal, as we've discussed in the past in different circumstances and classes and contexts, Ramchal was a, uh, a major figure in terms of Jewish history. He was an Italian rabbi who lived in the 18th century. He died actually very young, if I'm not mistaken, at the age of 39. He died in the mid, uh, early, you know, the, the mid 18th century before. 1750, in the 1740s, uh, the course of his life, he had a lot of, as any, I guess, significant figures, not any, many significant figures do, a lot of controversies that he was involved in, he escaped from place to place, ended his life in Eris Israel, but had all sorts of interesting uh, endeavors, involvements in the Kabbalah realm most specifically. His book uh, that we'll be learning, Da'atevunot, that the name already uh, seems to hint to us, Da'at and Bina are uh, two ways of knowledge. And of course, Chokhmah would be above them, but already Da'at and Tebuna, if you're talking about those words, as the name of your book, you're talking about high matters. You're looking to understand matters at a deeper level. Ramchal is, uh, generally speaking, known for Mesilat Yesharim. Mesilat Yesharim, although it has a Kabbalistic depth to it, you have to dig a lot deeper than Da'atev Unot in order to reveal it. Mesilat Yesharim, as I remember once reading from the Mashkiach Ravolbe, it says, Mesilat Yesharim, the greatness of the book, and there's a lot to be said for this, is that a young lady uh, in seminary, young woman in seminary, can read it and derive a lot of benefit and insight to her life, uh, just as much so in a completely different realm and dimension than the uh, 90-year-old Kabbalist studying in a cave somewhere. Da'at Tevunot is a little bit more straightforward in terms of its Kabbalistic uh, intentions, and uh, what what its purpose, as he'll describe in the very opening paragraphs, is is to understand God better. That's it. I know that's what we say Torah always is. There's a question of how direct you are and how indirect you are. It reminds me, before we even go go even a step further, reminds me of how different someone like Harambam would be in his approach, and is in his approach to these sorts of issues. Harambam is very careful to warn you and to remind you of that pasuk by Moshe that uh, Mr. Salama mentioned earlier, <laughs> Moshe requests to know the ways of God, and God tells him, Harambam is very careful and repetitive in telling us we don't understand, we can't understand, we won't understand. Ramchal will mention those words, I mean, he's honest with himself, he's honest with us, but his endeavor, his vision, his goal, his ambition as a Kabbalist... And generally speaking, you would say the same thing about philosophers as well, is to develop and to unveil and to uh, reveal as much as he can. Uh, it reminds me of the story that uh, Rabbi Salvechuk writes in Halachic Man in Isha Halacha. He says that uh, he heard from the Dayan of, of Brisk, from uh, Dayan uh, Rab Simcha Zissel uh, Rieger. He says he was once in a home with Rab Chaim Salvechuk. Rab Chaim Salvechuk was the grandfather of Rabbi Salvechuk, he was the luminary of the early. 20th, uh, or late 20th, early 20th, uh, excuse me, late late 19th, early 20th century, right? And uh, they were in a home of some Chabad Hasidic person. Ian, there you go. And probably saw writings, although he doesn't say specifically, of Chabad Hasidut, either the Alter Rebbe or others. And it began with, 
what was the reason that God created the world? And then it listed three different reasons, which of course Tanya and other books do address. And Abchaim Salavechik threw it down. He says, this is not matters that we involve ourselves in. We say, once the world's created, what are we supposed to derive from it? We don't ask questions like that. Why? Da'atevunot will begin, just a few paragraphs in, asking why was it that the world was created? What is God's ambition in this? It's a very different vantage point than the average Joe is used to. The average Joe is used to tell me what to do, tell me how to understand myself in this world once I'm in this world. This is going to be looking to dig a little bit deeper. It's written as a conversation. That's the style of Ramachal in many books. It's a conversation between what he calls the Nishama and the Sechel. The Nishama is the questioner and the Sechel is the answer. Um, what's the difference between the two? Uh, they're both dimensions of our inner thoughts, of our inner knowledge, the ability to develop ourselves. Nothing more and nothing less. That's the way he structures the book. That's the introduction. The rest will speak for itself. Says, uh, says Ramchal in the beginning, Amirah neshama. The neshama, the questioner, the seeker asked, Ta'avati urisoni. It's my will, it's my desire. Lihityashev al kesate varim me otam shene emarbahem. Vahashevota elevavecha ki Adonai huha Elohim. He says, I, I want to uh, understand, I want to be developed, I want to be more uh, settled on the matter of being able to, with my heart, with my, with my mind maybe, levavecha is always a hard word in the Torah, if it's referring specifically to your heart or to your mind, ki Hashem elokim, the knowledge of God and his kingship or his dominion over the world. Is it not? Are these matters not from the fundamentals, the foundations of our emuna? A word we'll have to define in a moment or two briefly. It's our command to race after, to run after their knowledge. As much as you can possibly comprehend. So you understand already he's being sensitive with his wording. Uh, to argue that has some sort of objective standard. Everybody needs to know full knowledge of God. Everybody needs to know 80% knowledge of God is, is an unfair uh, unfair request of humanity where we have different abilities, we have different tendencies. And as a result, that's what he says, we need to know. There are many mitzvot aside from knowledge mitzvot, in which we go as much as we can. I mean, you know, but the easiest example are matters that are somewhat out of our hand, the mitzvah of the Torah, peru urvu. How are you to fulfill peru urvu? Well, the Gemara says, with a son and a daughter, perhaps with two sons and two daughters, depending on whose opinion, two sons, whatever the opinion is, those are when you exempt yourself from it. But the mitzvah itself is as much as you can because you might not be able to. So the mitzvah is fulfilled by your attempt. That is the mitzvah. You exempt yourself, perhaps, once you've hit, quote, some threshold. But the involvement, that is the mitzvah itself. You know, Talmud Torah oftentimes is the example. To exempt yourself, the Gemara says in Masech in Nidarim and it's Kiryat Shema in the morning and the evening, Ve'agita Boyomam Ve'alayla. That's the ability, morning and night. Is that a fulfillment? The fulfillment is, as much as you can, Kefiyecholto is the Lashon of Rishonim. So that's what he's describing over here in terms of Yedi'at Hashem. I want to understand as much as my hand can grasp. Amar HaSechel, the Sechel responds, where is it that you're you're headed? I mean, that's that's a broad question. You want to understand He says Hanambam's thirteen principles of faith are thirteen. Which one specifically 
are you interested in, in developing and in, in delving into Amra'ah Neshama? The response to the questioner, Hine kol ha'ikarim hayod gimal, hine hem me'umatim etzli beli shum kela. I first and foremost accept those 13 principles of faith without any such question or query. They are accepted by me as emet. Aval yesh mehem shehem me'umatim li vegam muvanim. There are some I've accepted as truth, and I even understand them. Yesh mehem shehem me'umatim li be'emuna. Others have this matter of emuna. Ach lo mevu'arim min ha'havana v'ha'yedi'ah. But I haven't re- arrived at yedi'ah and havana. Those two, two words, emuna and yedi'ah, uh, Wayne Gort might remember, this was an early uh, talking behind my back about these words. I once talked about these early, early on, first time he said, you don't remember? Oh, I heard after, you told me, you told me afterwards. Anyway, uh, the difference between Yedi'ah and Emunah is, is, is quite straightforward, but uh, let's just develop it for a moment. The word Emunah is a word which is colloquially uh, thrown around in the Jewish Orthodox uh, circles as what we're uh, striving for. That pasuk, everyone, or oftentimes it appears as if everyone would say that's a pasuk which calls for Emunah Tashem. It's all about Emunah. That oftentimes is the call. Harambam's words uh, nearly in every circumstance, although there's one translation in his Sefer HaMitzvot, which might be different if it's translated in one way, is always Yedi'at Hashem, is knowledge of God, Anochi Adonai Elohecha, and so forth, is the call that you know God and you understand God, not that you have whatever that word means, Emunah. Those are Harambam's words. It's certain that Abbeinu Sa'ad Yagaon accepted something called Emunah. He made a book called Emunot Ve so it's not only knowledge, it's also emunah as well. I mean, we have it in Berit Ben Abetarim. The Pasuk says that Abraham veheemin bahashem Emunah is involved here in some fashion. It just says Harambam, the mitzvah So, what is emunah? Just a very basic definition. The word emunah, as Jack mentioned to me long, long ago, I told you we're going to do this. We'll, we'll remember conversations of long ago. Emunah is milashon, as you might have in the colloquial Hebrew today, you'll say someone's ne'eman alai. If you say someone's ne'eman, it means they're trustworthy or I have faith, they have faithfulness. In other words, if I were to ask someone to deliver a million dollars for me and I'm handing them the envelope, I'm not going to, unless I'm a real idiot, going to give it to someone whom I don't trust. How did that person build trust in me? Well, I knew them, they proved themselves to me, I know enough about them, I asked about them, I watched them, they built credit, and as a result, it's true, I don't know what they're going to do specifically in this circumstance, but that's where emunah kicks in, that's the faithfulness, that's the trustworthiness. Yedi'ah is everything that leads up to it. If you have emunah without yedi'ah, then it's not emunah at all, because it's not trustworthiness, there was no credit built up. So a blind emunah is not emunah at all. Yedi'ah over here, as he's describing it to us, that's what he's alluding to. He says, listen, I have emunah over there, but it's a little cheap, or it's very cheap, because I don't have the requisite yedi'ah. That's again, so why do I need emunah at all? Well, there's a lot to be said for that as well. As well. In other words, full knowledge takes away from a mystique, obviously. When a mystique is lost in any relationship, 
So a certain level of depth and excitement is lost as well. The more I want to know, because I know there's something to be uncovered and, and something that's concealed that I want to reveal, the more I'm striving, the more excited I am, the greater level of depth, the, the more longing I have in this relationship. So that's where emunah kicks in. In other words, yedi'ah is certainly our endeavor in life. We're studying Torah, we're analyzing the world, we're being honest with ourselves, we're understanding how the world works around us, how it has worked, how it might work. Work the future, that's all knowledge of God. What is it then, where is it that Emunah kicks in? In all those circumstances, and there are many, where we don't have the answers as to how he works or as to how it will work. But we're certain that based on our uh, our our, uh, our uh, knowledge of the past, this will in some way follow through in somewhat of a of a direct line, even if I can't make full sense of it. But anyway, that being the case, that's all he's saying over here in terms of these ikarim, which he hasn't described yet. He says there are certain ikarim I have yedi'ah. Okay, I can accept. I have knowledge. I've done my research and so forth. Other ikarim, I have some yedi'ah, but uh, generally speaking, it's emunah. I accept them all as emet, however, he says. Don't think for a moment I'm a heretic, says the, says the nishama. But rather, I'm looking for a greater yedi'ah. Yes? Question? Okay. Amar hasechil. Yes? Between the two Are those the right words? Okay. He's operating at such a different... But I'm also going level. based on his word. It's not only a confidence. A confidence in his word. So he's told me, this is how it's going to work. I don't really understand it fully. You're saying as, as, as far as the... the, the Shloshet Shlosh 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 Karim. In this context. Mind, mind and heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amar ha-sechil, eze me'umatim lach ve'eze mevo'arim lach. Says the sechil, which ones are you just accepting as true? Alternatively, which ones do you know? Which ones are we working on? Amirah ha-neshama, hine mesiut Hashem yehudo, nitzchiyuto, ve'yoto chutz min ha-guf, ve'chol mikre guf, chidush ha-olam, nevo'ah, nevo'ad Moshe, Torah min ha-shemayim, ve'nitzchiyuta, shelo tishtane. Kol ha-dvarim ha-ele, ani ma'amenet, ve'ani mevinatam, ve'eni sericha bahem be'ur. There's no period at the end. The neshama responds, the, what of the God's existence, that much I've, that he's one, his one is his Yehudo, his, uh, his, his eternality, his eternal state, that there's no uh, 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 physicality, and any physical dimension to God, the, the existence of the world from nothing of God, prophecy, the greatness of Moshe, he's taking you through the Ikarim, Torah, the divine nature of the, of the Torah, the fact that it's eternal, it won't change, all these matters, uh, those are clear to me. In other words, for our purposes, I'm not dealing with those in this book. That's, uh, I'm not telling you they're clear to all of us, but that's not what we're dealing with. Aval, ha-hashkaha, the word hashkaha, how they translate that, 
God's direction of everything that happens in the world. Okay, fair enough. Hashgaha, that word. Sachar va'onesh, reward and punishment. Biata Mashiach, the coming of the Messiah. Tchiyata metim, the resurrection of the dead. Well, those are all part of the Ikarim as well. And those, ma'amenet ani vadaim hadat. He says, I think the law is that I need to accept those. Dat over here is law. Arambam uses this word in Hilchot Hagiga. You have this word in Megillat Esther. You have it throughout Megillat Esther. That means law. So I accept these, not, not as religion, but I accept them because that's what the law has told me I should accept. Who told you that the law is so? Okay, that's the generally accepted Jewish direction that we've had in the years and centuries since Harambam, that these 13 principles of faith are lawful in some respect for every abiding Jew to, to accept as true. Harambam says you're outside of Israel if you don't. Of course, there's been discussions, there will be discussions, but that's the statement. Aval, He says, although I've accepted that last uh, group, I had that last cluster, I, I still want to understand them better. I want to have a certain logic so that I'll be able to quiet my soul. Or rather, it's the nishama. Yeah, the nishama, I'll be able to quiet myself. Amar oh, Quite a question. Oh, so what, again, what are your issues? What is it that's bothering you? Um, um, you know, okay, not such a hard question here. Amrah Neshamah Mesibot HaGidolot HaMitapechot Ba'olam It says these, these events that take place in the world Hamarot Tamid Lechaora Hefecha Hashkaha It says look at the happenings in the world in our own lives, in the lives, in the history of the world, in anything and everything that we know, and try to give some sort of God involvement or understanding to them, that's very difficult. It appears as if God isn't or wasn't involved. Has v'shalom. That's what I want to understand. If it's part of the Ikarim in some respect, if I'm supposed to accept or know um, how do I make sense of that with my life? Furthermore, if I'm in the midst of a crisis, or the world's in the midst of a crisis, I don't know where it's going. So it's difficult for me to understand God's involvement in it. And as a result, I kind of just want a general direction. What does God want? from his creation to ulamahu minahalam and where is he heading them uma aharit kolelem what's the end of it ki ma'aseh hashem itbarach nir'eh bahem nir'ah maybe it should be bahem rohav kol kach gadol shen shum lev mechilotam the ways of God are so broad and wide it's difficult for any mind any soul to actually comprehend and accept them I'm not dealing with God so can you set forth for me a straight path to understand the straightness of this? I mean, you understand what he's asking. I mean, he's asking for, you know, the reason of existence. This, this is, again, audacious. Dave, I talk about the courageous, audacious over here. This is what the book's going to be. Is he asking about the purpose of existence? Or he's asking, no, not, how am I supposed to yet. have faith in something like Hashkaka well, if... You're right. The Sechel will respond for you to understand Hashkaha, if you don't understand any of this. Well, we need to start at the very beginning, which is what he's kind of leading you into already. Can I mean, um, yeah, I mean, it can't be, because if it were so, then we will die if we actually have the answer. But yes, I mean, the answer is, it's something, it, it is alone. We don't really know what Moshe, Moshe was asking for the ways of God. So clearly he wants a... A, a, a greater depth 
then we're going to glean over here. Otherwise, we die. Um, that's what God says, you know. So, but yes, yes. I mean, it's a question. I'd hope all of us grapple with in some way or fashion. Uh, all right, let's see if if this. We we hope this book will suffice in at least pushing us forward. Amar hasechel avayesh bekan varim kashim va'amukim meod. No kidding. Says so there are very deep matters and difficult matters. Kigon sadik veralo. What about the issue of uh, the, the suffering and pain in the world to those who are righteous? Rasha vetoblo and and the opposite. Shinit kashu al gedolei hachamim v'haneviim. So that's exactly the Gemara says that that's the question. Hodiyani na derachecha was Moshe. Gemara masechet sota. That's Moshe. This question, tell me why there is suffering in this world when it doesn't seem to be fair. That's exactly right. right? So, I mean, it's as if we're not going to have such an easy time with this. Says the questioner, the neshama. You're right. The details, which I won't be able to understand, okay, I'll leave those. So, I won't understand every detail, but give me a general context. Give me some, some, some scaffolding. Give me a uh, structure of sorts. I want to have some sort of direction. And then anything that my mind won't be able to grasp, I'll say about that. I'll sing it on seminar. Right? I'll say, all right, I can't finish it, but at least I started it. But yet, Moshe Nisavim took a piece of what Hashem would do, and he said, Who's not here today is here today. Yes. He, that's that's a very powerful. Uh, He's trying extract extraction of a godly function. Uh, he's trying. So he, you know what I'm trying to say here. I, you, you're trying. Encroaching, basically, on what God would do. I, unless he doesn't. I'm so so is this book. You know what but I'm saying. I, I get what you're saying, but what? It's in fact almost physicality to do that. Which is uh, unless he's no, saying no, lefi kotzer hasagatenu. That's as much as I can attribute to God. That's what Moshe is saying, and that's what he's saying as well. Me Moshe ad Moshe Hayim. I mean, you know. Amar hasechel zevaday shakalosh baruchu hikim olamo al hamishpat umnahago bemishpat yashar veneiman. So the beginning says that says the sechel goes like this: the world was was created with the principle of mishpat. It's a pasuk he quotes in just a moment from the end of the Torah. What's that? Parasha Hasur Tamim Paolo Kichol Parashat Vezota Beracha Vezeh Davar Tiriot Barur Belishum Safeg. You don't have any question that God governs and created with Mishpat, with justice. Moshe Yid Haro'e Haneiman. Of course, a reference to Moshe Rabbeinu. The Mekubalim like Ro'e Neiman Ra'ayam Mehem. Right? Hasur Tamim Paolo Kichol Beracha Mishpat. There it is. Ha'azinu. It has to be. It's poetic. El Emuna Ve'Enavel Sadik Ve'Asharhu. So there. It is called derachav mishpat. So certainly, the beginning of this conversation is righteousness, justice, whatever that means. I mean, I can think about it in terms of human terms. What's that? Sedaka, sedaka, mishpat. Derech Adonai. That's pasuk in uh, two weeks. Uh, this past week's parasha. Ki daativ. I know that Abraham's going to follow in my way because he is going to and has already instructed his household. And v'shameru derech Adonai laasot sedaka mishpat. Well, uh, we, who said we're differentiating between them? Oh. Which one? 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 Which one?
אמרה הנשמה, יושר המשפט הזה ועומק העצה השלמה הזאת שזכרת, says the נשמה, that's it, you think you solved it, that's exactly what I want to know. You, you thought you were answering the question in that one sentence by telling me the world is governed by Mishwat? That's what I... That's the introduction. I want to understand Mishpat of God. I want to understand how he governs this world. I want to understand how this works. Because I can't match existence as I know it, as I perceive it, with the way, quote, I believe it should be. Amar HaSechel, the beginning here of the book, that was the introduction. Let's start with the beginning. So just as in the story I told you about Rukhaim Salvechik, where he says, stop focusing so much on the divine nature, start focusing on you, so he appears as if he's going to go in that direction. He's a true Kabbalist. He's going to take you out of that very quickly. He's going to focus again on God. But initially he says, let's just focus on human beings. Well, what's, what's the tachlit? What's the purpose? Says the neshama, yeah, that's right. I'd, I'd like to work on that. Amar HaSechel. Here we go. HaYesod HaRishon She'alav Omed Kol HaBinyan. The beginning of it all is Hushirasa HaRason HaElyon SheHaAdam Mashlim Et Atzmo Vet Kol HaNivra Bishvilo. Veze Atzmo Yihyeh Zechuto Zcharo. The purpose of humankind, the purpose of existence for uh, humanity is for Shilemut. What's shelemut? Completeness of sorts. That is the zechut and the sachar of human beings. What's a zechut and, and sachar? Translating the words before he translates them. Zechut is a merit, sachar is a reward. But it means that life as a human being, life certainly as a shomer Torah misfot, is a march toward shelemut. That's the word. That's the word he's going to use. That's the word he does use in Derech Hashem and elsewhere as well. Zichut being the march, right? Not the attainment of perfection. Mashlim meaning almost the, the current tense, not the... Certainly. Certainly. It means exists. It means life is a march toward Shlemut, not an achievement of Shlemut. The achievement of Shlemut, as he'll tell us in just a moment, means that it's over and what am I seeking any longer? Moreover, yeah, well, I mean, that's... Zechuto lefishenimsa shehumitasek veyagea lehasig ha-Shlemut hazeh. Lezechut, the merit is, well, look at what you're able to do. You're involved, you're toiling in order to get to that complete nature. Kshiyasigeu, and when you get it, or you get portions of it, the enjoyment will be very real because you achieved it. Okay, easy to understand. It's very human-like in terms of the description. You're going to enjoy it because you achieved it. We all know this. You enjoy something that you achieve Generally speaking, I know David will give me 20 examples, not that way. When you've achieved it as, a, as, a, as opposed to when it was given to you, of course, he's talking about eternally, because he's not talking about it in this world. He says, in the Shlemut, then is a Sachar as well, almost like a Sachar mitzvah mitzvah, by doing. Well, now you are, right? So that's the description of the Shlemut Amrah Neshama. 
זה יסוד שכולל פינות רבות. I see you're opening up very big matters from a very great, uh, a very great perspective. ואינני ממתנת לשמוע, now I want to understand where you're going with this. You gave me the principle. The principle is that word שלמות, a march toward completion of completeness. מה תבנה על יסוד הזה? שאז אבחין למפרע מה נכלל ביסוד הזה. I want to see where you build from this, and then I'll trace backward what this שלמות really means. אך דבר אחד אשאל תחילה בכלל, but I have one general request, our question. Can you, so you told me, you veered me in the, uh, in the, in the Rambamian type of direction, but not really Rambamian, the uh, brisker direction. You told me focus on myself. What are you supposed to do? Shlemut. I'd like to take you back to God. I'd like to take you back to that. So what's his will? Why did he will that for us? Why didn't he build us with Shlemut? Why didn't we enter the world as a Shalem? Amar ha-sechel ha-ta'am pashut. Says the sechel, that's so simple. V'utalui b'tshuvat she'ela acheret. In order to answer that question, what the will of God is, oh, this is playing with, with quite literal fire, and you're dealing with the will of God, Scab is going to start freaking out. You're touching Kete, you're touching Hol, I mean, what's going on? All right, shehi, lamar asah baruch hu livro nivraim Essentially, what you're asking is the step after why would God want to create at all? That'll be my stage one. Why would God want to create beings in this world? Once I get past that, all right, then I'll explain to you why he wanted us to get shalem, to shlemut. Okay, great, I'll go for that. Tashiva talecha, velimilta deshavya letarvayu. So the answer, and you'll be able to answer for you and for me, something that will answer both of our questions. What was your, my question? My question was the will of God in this uh, Shlemut. Your question was the will of God in existence. Amar HaSechel, or existence of, of beings. Amar HaSechel, Ma shenuchal lehasig be'inyan zen. This is where I wanted to focus most, I know. We were leading up to this, but here it is. Ki ha'el yitbarach shemohu tachlit ha'tov v'day. So the beginning sentence is, God is tachlit ha'tov v'day. How we translate? The ultimate good. What does that mean? It means that God is tov. Hard to translate those words, but the Torah tells us in several places he is the embodiment, or not, not physical embodiment, of tov. Ve'omnam mehok ha'tov hu lehetiv. He says, if you are the ultimate good, then you want to cause good to others. Vezehu so, mash. Why is that the next logical step? Right. Well, it, uh, how is how it? How is it? Uh, it's a jump, but the assumption is, if it's the ultimate good and it is only good, so then, so then, so then, nothing happens that's not good. Well, from no, it, but why can't it say stay static? Part as of definitionally being good is the willingness to Share to spread good, essentially. Create good.
understanding. Based on our understanding, it's someone who as a being who does uh, which does good for others. That's right. what most people David saying David oh, saying it's, it's an assumption. It is an assumption, but that's how most people would define it. Held to a time Doesn't mean span. there's no other possibilities. No that's the common assumption. Yeah. What well, we my argument would be that right, so that's probably the part of the answer for yeah, given, given the results of it, uh, given the uh, results of it means this this imperfect world with a that that allows for progress to good. And all of the effects of that imperfect world, such as injustice and hate and violence and, yes, and crime and so are on and actually so forth, tall. Have, yeah, that but that's where like he's a, going. I know that that's where he's going. It just it's no, it's not so. It it, it has the process of spreading good also spreads bad. It's hard to 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 cause no, to, to, no, to, to tie that, that to the ultimate. You've object you've objectified bad. Ultimately that? speaking, if the God, if God is the source of existence, if if there is nothing outside of Him, so then that is good. It just it just hasn't been realized. Let's say. being in the midst of process. For, correct. Right words. Is bad the absence of good, or is bad subsumed in the good? It's the unrealized good. It's the unrealized good. That's the, uh, that's the words I would use. It's good which has not undergone the process toward top yet. Is bad the denial of God? Like, by basically not... No. You by mean not like... following his will? Well, I get, you know, someone like Rav Cook, for example, who went really far on this sort of concept that we're already mentioning. So he says heresy is inherently, or not inherently, has to it good. No, that's got good to it. It's got positive sides to it as well. It, it will inspire... Through its challenges, for example, a greater understanding by others, right. sorry, which means to say, with that breadth of understanding, uh, it, it that's correct. But again, the breadth of understanding and acceptance of God as above time and being able to, you know, to see this all through means that this is all good. Uh, again, it it doesn't address directly. There, there's an assumption here, which is what David is pointing out, and that is that we're defining God as Tob. And then in turn means he's metiv. You could have skipped the first stage and just said he is metiv. For some reason, we're assuming, maybe it's just an assumption, that the hok of a tov is that he's metiv la'achirim. V'zehu ma sheratzahu yitbarach shemo, livro nivraim kedesh yuchal lehativ lahem. That is not a, you won't find that in Talmud, such an approach. You'll find different approaches. You won't find that in Harambam. You won't find that in Rishonim. This is a Kabbalistic concept that God's purpose in creation was to do tov. That's Arizal and others, but that's Arizal. That's the purpose of creation was to do good, as you'll find that it's lichvodo. That's not this statement. They might be similar, but it's not this statement. You'll find that it's for hakarat yehudo, the knowledge of his oneness for some reason or another. You'll f- This concept of the tov, which might be synonymous, but this wording is Arizal's wording. It's the Kabbalistic notion of the purpose of existence is for God to do good. Yes, Detecta. It's just really tough to, like, why do we, how are we ever, it just seems like a pointless endeavor. I mean, to, 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 to wrap our heads around yeah, this? Uh, well, God, because we think God wanted it. Well, at the very least, you're, you're correct, but at the very least, if, if we can find a kernel of truth in this, 
it then it then pushes it back onto us. It's, it's a lot of it's a lot of the direction I want to go in because if our purpose in our lives is to mimic the ways of God, and if this in truth quote is His ways or at the very least the way that it's set up for us to understand them, it now tells me that's who I'm supposed to be. Which again, you know, just even skipping for a moment. Uh, you know, wrong side. The last source on this is the Gemara Masechet Sota and Daf Yodale Behalachta Bidrachav. What does it mean to walk in the ways of God? All the examples of the Gemara are about doing for others good, right? That's the Gemara. How you able to walk in the way of God? Isn't he Eshochila? Says the Gemara. Go after his midot. What sort of midot? Is oneness? Is what? No. So Malbish Arumim. That's a different midrash. Malbish Arumim. So you should be Malbish Arumim. He's Mevaker Holim. Last week's parashat Abraham, you should be mevaker cholim. He was menachem avelim. You should be menachem. He was kover metim. The last parasha with Moshe. So you should do so. Which means to say, there is a. I, I get what you're saying in terms of the endeavor. Of course, I'm But once I can unveil something, it will then be a responsibility more than anything. It won't just be something that's poreach ba'avir. It'll then inform who I'm supposed to be. And I think he's going to make that point himself, if even in this paragraph. Ki im en mekabel hatob en hatava. That's the that's the uh, that's always the paradox and the dilemma is that so to speak it sounds heretical and if you believe it too much then it is heretical but it means God is contingent upon us God's nature is contingent upon humanity the only way he could do tob or be tob is by there being someone to be metib to and melech beloam go ahead but that doesn't make sense because when you read Bereshit he created and he saw that it was tob right there was no man Right, so there was Tob before man, right? And the question is, is is he going to say that Tob exists because of Gan Eden? Like it was a Gan Eden approach? No, you're you're assuming you're assuming that that he was confined by time at the time that he saw that it was Tob, meaning. He could have okay. created and saw that or, it was Tov because, of, was it, coming in a because sense. of its future, okay. because I'm, of its I'm, ultimate I'm within its time. Okay. I get it, I get it. But, but you still, but you still, he still created with Tov. No, but yeah, he does, but only because of the grand scheme. Only because of the grand scheme. No, that's a great point. It's a great point you're raising, but that's how you have to explain it. You have to explain that. You have to, based on the whole picture that. The picture that we get, you have to explain it that way, because otherwise it's not complete in any way, shape, or form. But notice that um, the Bereshit, which hangs on the Shabbat, would have run on sand. Asher Baragot in Asur. It's a run on sentence. It's not complete. No, it's not a run on. It's a fragment sentence. Fragment sentence. Yes. Sorry, I apologize. I, I never thought I had to correct you on something yes. like that. Yeah. But yet, after B'nai Sa'il observed the first Shabbat, he said, by Nakash. That means the human experiment worked. So, yes. Okay. I, I was, that uh, means he was waiting. It means he's waiting for humanity to finish, to complete creation, or to realize completeness, but we haven't yet. Yeah. We haven't yet. In other words, we we still have some time to do yeah, so. But, but yes, I, it, it already here you're you're too you're too broad for us. Yeah, no, because you're talking existentially. 
He's talking about individuals right now, right? right? In other words, uh, I, but I understand you're responding to Dory. He's speaking about individuals. He's not talking about uh, the cosmic completion right now. He's talking about each one of us. We're supposed to meet completion within ourselves, completeness within ourselves. That's that's. What, but again, he is then pushing it back to us. So why would God need that? He hasn't gotten to his, his next point, but why does God need us, so to speak, quote unquote, because he couldn't be a metiv without someone or something to be metiv too. How did he exist before Bereshit? That's, that's a wonderful question. That's what? a wonderful question, which has to be addressed. He says, so what was God before creation of humanity? Was God, of course, of course, of course. Oh, it's, it's a question. No, it's a question. It, you you want to have at least the beginnings to an answer. It will be addressed in a, in a, in a roundabout way later on. Well, what does that mean? He was working, but you know, and, and how was that a hatava? But indeed, that's that's the a million dollar question. Ve'omnan kedeshet yadava, okay, hatava shleima, kedeshet yeha hatava, hatava shleima. In order for this to be a complete hatava, you know, so to speak, from the side of God, looking for the completeness, yada bechokmato hanisgava. He knew with his. Um, Lofty knowledge. Humanity, existence, needs to come to their own complete state with their own endeavors. They'll only have ownership and true completeness if they achieve it. If it's inborn, then it's incomplete, so to speak. Without the existence of process, without process, in other words, with an automatic destination, all being there, so then you're not complete because you haven't, you're you're not godlike. And here's where he throws in his famous words. Famous words are, and we would then not have, we would then, if we didn't, excuse me, with the yegiya kapenu, with our endeavors, with our efforts, we therefore prevent boshet. We therefore prevent embarrassment or shamefulness. amru, he cites from Talmud Yerushalmi, man de if you eat something that's not your own, bahet li istakule you're embarrassed to look in the face of the person who gave you the food. Food. This is the statement which is known, uh, generally speaking, as nahama de kisufa. Nahama means bread. Kisufa means of embarrassment or of shame. The purpose of creation of humanity as we are in a deficient way without the automatic complete fashion that we could grow into is so that we aren't embarrassed in life. That's a statement. Had you just been given it, well, then you'd have a certain shamefulness. The fact that it's earned takes away that shamefulness. A very interesting statement. Of course, it begs another question, and that is to just create human beings without shame. If the whole thing over here is don't, don't not to be embarrassed, then we wouldn't be embarrassed. Oh, that's it's 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 a circular statement, unless there's something that's underlying what he's saying over here. We we wouldn't be able to obtain or become good if we were malachim. No, but we were. We didn't. Have if we were inborn as malachim. Then we wouldn't be able to feel good. They were naked, but they wouldn't Why not? Be naked for anything else. No. Because we would be what we are. Right. We, we, we so Victor says we wouldn't be shalim. 
his words, strangely, are to focus on this shame, on this embarrassment. And the way nine times out of ten you'll hear this quoted is, it's in order to prevent and to avoid shame and embarrassment. Your words are different than the way he seems to be concluding. He should have concluded, it appears, the way you said it. You're not actually complete if you haven't achieved it on your own. No way he does it. He somehow gives this example of shame. I just want to crack that. I want. I, I ultimately speaking want to end where you where you begin. What I do. Oh, the whole time is that so? That's something good. Something good to be nervous about, especially with me. I feel like that's a common. That's a that's a common thing. He's pretty good though. I've come a long way. Enough gemarot with coffee stains all over them. You know, it's it. I, just in terms of this this concept of Nahamad Kisufa, he's not the first to mention it. Um, it's it's it, it spans back in the Kabbalistic realm. In source number one over here, this is quoted in the in the in the Da'atib note with the footnotes of Rab Chaim Friedlander. He quotes from Magid Mesharim. Anyone who knows the book Magid Mesharim knows that there's a side of Rabbi Yosef Karo that not everybody knows. He has this book called Magid Mesharim, which is his conversations with a Magid, some sort of angelic force out of this world being, and he has these conversations and he transcribed them, he wrote them down. So, uh, as part of those conversations, there's a conversation about the creation of the world and similar to what we're reading now in Da'atev Unot, it writes over here in Surah Alma, the source of souls prior to arrival in this world, Damu are similar, similar to those who eat bread of the king without working. In order to, to move away, to get out of that embarrassment, that's our endeavor in this world. We fulfill the ways of God, and as a result, all that we achieve has less embarrassment attached to it. It's similar to that dirashah in the Gemara of Hashamayim Shamayim Ladonai Vehaaris Natan Livne Adam, but alternatively, the Pasuk seems to say that it's all God. The difference is prior to Biracha and after Biracha, but there's a depth to it, there's a philosophical depth to it, and it's this that somehow, with my achievements in spiritual realms in this world, it then becomes something which is a part of me, and less, but not not God's, but as a result, I've completed, I've been an individual who's achieved a certain completeness. What's that's the problem? Different, that's just different than the, the Bouchard thing. It doesn't jive with that. Like, so I can no, understand that part, but the Bouchard... There's a note, note 12S, asks the question about the Bouchard. They read the whole note. Well, I'm getting... I'm, He's so, going to get there. Give me I some, know. I'm just oh, trying okay. to figure it out. Harari's but getting there himself, it's, it's yeah. It's interesting how it comes even to our current world life, right? The whole thing with what's going on in Chicago, right? Where they're doing this experiment of giving people money as as you just like social security, right? Just like to give them money, you don't have to work, you yeah. just get paid every month. Leave, it, leave right? it to Dory to turn and, this and political, yeah. Well, I didn't want to go political, but at the same time, it touches exactly on the whole of concept, the lack of right? Of, of, uh, of, of where yeah. the king is giving me the bread. And I'm not embarrassed by taking. Or I, 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 I hear what you're saying. It. I mean, I I don't know the exact objective there. Is that a beginning or is that an end goal? Is the ultimate goal to, to constantly be giving yes, or is the it the beginning? Goal generically, about giving money out to people for nothing for the, for the country on a consistent and basis. On a consistent basis. That's yeah. that's the, the main goal yeah. so, of that project. So without me we, thinking we about it, without me thinking about it, I'm not trying to. Right. No, again, without without thinking about it further, it's 
sounds sounds antithetical the, to this sort right, of perspective. The, the total idea, right, from a from a community perspective, right, or from a global perspective, national, you want to call it, it's it's still there. This this thought process, yeah, yeah. Uh, point taken. Point taken. All right. Well, anyway, moving this a, a bit further, uh, I mean, I'm just going to slowly, but not, not too slowly, bring this further in terms of at least a suggestion as to, again, how we can make sense of this embarrassment business together with what seems to be, or at the very least the way I was painting it as, the objective of Shlemut, which is really what, what Dory is referring to as well. It's less about the embarrassment. What is it that embarrassment added to this? If anything, it only raised questions. The fact that there's embarrassment, so God wants to prevent our embarrassment, so don't create the embarrassment in humanity in, in, in the first like the place. Wrong word. Yeah. Uh, the, the wrong word, the wrong description. Right. All right, well, just slowly getting into this, there's the well-known Midrash in source number two, Tornosrofus Harasha, with Rabbi Akiva, in which he's leading Rabbi Akiva to the question of why didn't God create us with Berit Milah, if in oh. truth he's going to command us to do so. Of course, this is in a, a context in which there are people who worship the body and can't understand why Jews or followers of the oh, Torah would maim the body. So Rabbi Akiva's clever response as per the Midrash is to, to show him the analogy he gives is uh, the stalks of wheat out in the field right. and bread. Right. Right. And says, will you accept, and apparently Tonos Rofus would accept, the existence of God creating those stalks in the field. Why not create them complete? Well, if once you accept that he didn't complete, he didn't create them in a complete fashion, he kind of handed it over to us. So it's not as if I can create or we as human beings can create heavens and earth. However, to argue alternatively that we can't come to a state of completeness which wasn't given by God and is achieved specifically by us in a greater way than, so to speak, God could because if he created us that way, we wouldn't get to completeness. We'd be inborn complete. Well, that's that's what we find in nature all the time. It's coming back to, to Maurice's men, mention earlier of Asher bara Elohim la'asot. La'asot means God created the world, and Tonostrophus is not going to deny this. No, it's why is there sickness? Why is there poverty? Clearly, the creation of God gave room, laid space for humanity to then realize that completeness on the individual basis as well. That's the vision of Berit Mila. I do remember in, um, when I was in, I guess, I don't know, maybe, at, at some point in Yeshiva University, I had some non-Jewish teacher who was trying to explain to us that we need to be prepared for the outside world to answer questions. And he said, I've been with these religious students many times, the Jewish religious students. For example, why is it that you circumcise? None of you can walk out and answer those questions to simple Gentiles like me out on the street. Maybe it was Jewish, I don't know, to simple people like me. Uh, thankfully, I was, I was prepared. I gave him three explanations on the spot. So he said, all right, well, some of you can. But anyway, this Midrash is Rabbi Akiva's stab at that. That's Rabbi Akiva's perspective at the very least. But uh, that's that Midrash. Ramchal. I don't know. Did he? I don't remember at which point it was. Anyway, yeah, Ramchal himself. That day. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I convinced him. Right, I yeah. proselytized. That's right. <laughs> Ramchal himself in his book Derech Hashem, a book that we studied a few years ago, he has almost an identical conversation briefly but he leaves out this whole embarrassment business. So look, for example, source number three in Chilek Alf, Perek Bet, Ot Bet, Ulam Gazra Chochmato, right, that's the similar words we had over here, it's the decree of God's knowledge, so to speak, or the infinite wisdom, Shalihiyot Shalem, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. That's right. No, I, I just want to contrast the fact. My objective here is to show you that our midrash number two would have been sufficient, right? That was a great explanation. It's in order to go. Rabbi Akiva said it, quote, better than any embarrassment mentioned. I'm going to tell you, Rambam himself doesn't mention this embarrassment. You want to then be the recipient. Well, you want to be a t- God's will is that each of us, that's the way he's saying it, be tov as well. If we're going to be tov as well, it means that we need to be complete as well. How are we going to be complete if it was given to us? That's not God-like. That's a dependency. That's a deficiency because I'm dependent upon her. When we come to a state of completeness, in a certain respect, we are mimicking the ways of God. It's what I've said on many occasions. The argument of kolel or not kolel is really a philosophical conversation and, and discussion on levels that most people don't think about. It's a question of dependency upon others, which is not godlike or not. I'm sorry to be so harsh. I'm not saying, I'm just saying to argue that it's lechatehila, not to argue that it's asur, not, not to get into the haram bombs, harsh words, and all that, but to argue that it's lechatehila is a very, very very hard sell. It's not impossible. If our objective in life is to be like God, if as Ramchal is telling us, as Rambam makes clear to us, God is the existence which is perfect in the Tachlit Tashlemut, well, it means that's what we need to be as well. To be dependent upon another, as he's telling us, is not Shalem. Well, that's not God-like. Well, then you're not living up to it. I'm not saying that everyone, in other words, they, then you have to question. No, does that not make sense? Then you have to question which part are you going to give up? But that's that's giving up on a certain dimension. <laughs> in, what, in what sense is any person not understood? Understood. Understood. No, I'm not, I'm not denying it. I'm just saying if you're seeking an ideal, it's not in that direction, but you're right. You say, what's my alternative? It's not ideal either. Understood. All right. I, I didn't know Luria was opening a kolel. <laughs> he says, God is shalem be'atzmo, independent. There cannot and will not be any deficiencies by definition with God, with regards to God. We're not going to find anyone, as David just pointed out, anyone outside of God who has an absolute shlemut. But he says to come as close as we can be. Well, that's what it's all about. Ve'alkin. He writes in this. That. We talked about the effort, not the actual. That's where we're going with this. That's what. That's what we're discussing. Ve'alkin. Gazar v'sider sheyivreu inyane shlemut ve'inyane hisaron. It's for that reason that there is the concept and the existence of shalem and hisaron deficiency. Ve'tivra birya. And then there'll be a creation known as human beings. You can live a life of deficiency or you can strive for a life of completeness. This is the way we presented what Ramchal was telling us in Da'atev Unot as well. He just doesn't conclude his paragraph or his message over here with any embarrassment statement. What is it that he's seeking with this example? What is it that Rabbi uh, Yosef Karo? What is this Nahamati Kisufai? It sounds as if it only leads us further from the main point 
Or perhaps there's another point. Here's the direction. The direction is Ramchal's words in yet another book. This this was called to my attention by this Perush on Da'atevunot uh, called Et La'asot. I didn't bring the book, but it's written by this Rabbi Baum. He calls attention to Ramchal's words in Adir Bamarom. In Adir Bamarom, now you have to accept this. These are Ramchal's words. Once, wh- Whether you accept the definition or not, I'll leave that to you. Once you accept that, that's what Ramchal said about what embarrassment with regards to God is. Is, I'll then suggest that's what he means over here. So what he writes over there is the following. Habusha, with regards to God, when are you shamed? When are you shameful? When are you embarrassed? Easy enough. When do we get embarrassed? When we do things that we feel are not appropriate for us. Shebechol ha-kedoshim... Is that using neshama here, or is that just standing in for a human being? That's, that's, he's talking existentially. When do we existentially get embarrassed as opposed to physically, let's say? When do we, as, as, as an entity, when, when do we experience... He's not talking about neshama being something from, with a divine origin in that sense, that you're... I mean, he certainly is going to go on to the... Uh, I, I, I think he, existentially, the only reason you'll have that existential embarrassment is because you have a divine nature. In other words, it's in contrast, for example, to animals. That, that's why he's doing neshama. Shebechol ha-kedoshim, yesh busham mpnei ha-shechina. With all matters of sanctity, there's embarrassment from the indwelling, from God. Ki ha-malachim, for example, the description in the Navi of the angels getting embarrassed by God, covering their face, is ki bekabelam makirim kevod adonehem. As they receive strength, as they receive existence from God, they realize their deficiency, the next word, and their dependence upon God. That's the embarrassment. It means to say that he's equating the word embarrassment, busha, with very much the description of everything we've been talking about. Dependency, Dependency, deficiency, realizing that I am not complete and that I'm dependent in my complete side on another, on God, that's what embarrassment is. What's that? That's what he's saying, but they're two different words. I said to you, you need not accept it. Yeah. But once that's his definition, I tell you that's what he means in Da'at Evunot as well. He knows very well to use the word Chisaron instead of Busha. But he's, qu- no, he's, he's he, two things. First of all, he told us Chisaron. Second of all, he's quoting a Ma'amar HaChavim. Right. And for well, him, that right. is Busha. He's telling you that yeah. is Busha. Now I can't prove to you that's I can't prove to you that's Busha. I think one brings you as a result. That's right. Another. Oh, that's right. Yes, that's right. So the Maybe experience. Maybe just take it a step further. Did Hashem? He didn't take it a step. That's further. right. No, that's exactly what that's I'm it. saying. We're saying the same thing. Okay. But again, the, the 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 general and you get into and Victor said they're asking in the footnote. You get into this question of what, and I've heard the question more than once. Why why the answer is insufficient. You're answering a question based on another reality which God didn't need to bring about. Why did God make us incomplete? Because he didn't want us to be embarrassed. Don't make us embarrassed, right? Once you define the embarrassment so thing as... We should have said because the Hesaron, the Hesaron brings to embarrassment. That's, that's, that's the that's step. That's, that's, the that's what I'm doing. That is that's what I'm what doing in this class. That's all I'm doing. Nothing more and nothing else. But he said that if, if God made us perfect, we would be embarrassed. Correct. But then he's saying that because, because we're of, imperfect, we're embarrassed. No. Not embarrassed. no. Because we're deficient and dependent upon him, 
we feel our embarrassment. We experience the embarrassment. If we were perfect and dependent upon him, you're saying the same thing, the malachim, the state of perfection is a dependency upon God, which means they are deficient. And that keep, that causes their embarrassment. We're not embarrassed because we have the ability to work towards. That's correct. To connect it to the gun when I'm getting. I'm getting this. So right now, so give, give me a second. I'll I'll go there right now. In source number eight. In source number eight, it's the words of the Nahash to Hava. I love that line for many reasons. The Nahash says to Hava, God knows when you eat from this tree, you're going to be Kelohim. I translate it like that. For Harambam, for a moment with those words. For Harambam, it means one thing. In the Peshat of the text, not exactly Rashi, but we're going to read Rashi for our purposes. So that's Rashi, what's Elohim Yosere Olamot? You're going to craft worlds. Why is Rashi defining Elohim, Nahash's words, to Hava? You're going to be Elohim. You're going to be crafters of world because that's the word in all of Bereshit Peregalf that describes the name, describes God as creator. The description then is by eating from this tree, you are now going to have the capability to be godlike. Why are you going to be godlike, creator, quote unquote, you know, capital C this time? Why are you going to be so? Ironically, here's the punchline because now you'll sever your dependency, your state of completeness, which you have in that garden. You'll now be deficient but achieving completeness on your own and in turn and in turn that's how you'll be Kelohim you'll achieve completeness you'll be able to ironically mimic the ways of God by bringing yourself away from that dependency that closeness so to speak to him immediately after eating from the tree Jack said it immediately beforehand source number 10 the last pasuk in Perek Bet Adam and Hava are naked and they're not embarrassed immediately after eating from the tree they hide from God Busha meant a state of being in which I realize that I'm incomplete because I'm dependent upon God Right? Not, no. If they're connected to Hashem, Lord Boshashu. So there was, there was. I, because you're being too literal right. over here. You're, that's a, hold it. Hold the thought. Let me say it, and then I'll answer it by saying. So again, if Busha means. I'm embarrassed because my bank account is constantly filled by my father. I rebel against my father. I get him to punish me. He won't put a dime into my bank account any longer. But now I'm not embarrassed any longer. Now I'm living, but I don't have a dime to my name. But now I'm living the life in which I'm seeking completeness. In the moment that I realize that I'm not complete, because the every dime filled into my bank account that I use, it's not my own. I'm not in a state of completeness. I then experience that embarrassment. The expression of Adam and Hava prior to banishment from the Gan is embarrassment. You're imagining it, Jack's imagining it. They ate from the tree. They shouldn't be embarrassed any longer, but it's not the way the text in the Torah tells it to us. They're still in the garden. They're feeling embarrassed, the Pasuk says. They're hiding from God because they have a state of embarrassment. What's that state of embarrassment? What are you embarrassed about? We now realize, our eyes are opened up to the fact, and we are embarrassed by the God fact that we're living in this Gan with everything supported by God. We want process. The banishment from the Gan takes away from, quote, that embarrassment. That's correct. This was their eyes. 
the head right. at the same moment right. is their eyes opening to quote busha, which in turn, which in turn leads to, which in turn leads to a process the, the life in which I'm seeking completeness. Of, the, so you'll say to me, perfection. but this sounds wrong because it comes only as a result of hit. The famous, famous dilemma right, so and paradox. Part, maybe, maybe that wasn't the ideal state. That so it sounds as so, so how could that be? Right. So before answering that question or suggesting an answer to that question, I will argue that it's a wrongful suggestion. Why is it a wrongful suggestion? Because after all, that's true. That's true, <laughs> but that's after the fact. I will argue that in the very creation of Adam in Perek Aleph, Adam and Hava in Perek Aleph, Pasuk Chavzayin, they were imbued with the Torah says, Eit Selim, Elohim. Well, that word Elohim, if we're to equate that word with the words of the Nahash later on, means you're given the capacity to be a Yoser Olamot. This is not only me, this is Nefesh Ha'chaim, the very beginning of Sha'ar Aleph, and Perek Aleph, Perek Bet, Perek Gimal. That's what he says at great length. Rabbi Salvechik, this is his Adam 1. I know you love it very much, uh, Victor. Right? That's his Adam 1 of creation. It's majestic man. It's our ability to actualize the divine part of us, which is crafter of worlds. It's the ability to build hospitals, to better the world, to empower people with knowledge and abilities and capabilities. It's to defeat world poverty and sickness and so forth. That's our ability to be Yosero Olamot. That's the Selem Elohim as again Nefesh Haim writes, as Rabbi Salvechik writes very poetically as well. That means to say, if we're piecing it all together, it goes like this. You, as human beings, are empowered, but you're also missioned. Your mission is to be like God. But wait a second, you placed me in an impossible place to be like God because I am complete. Quote, unquote, now, I have nahamadiki suva. I'm embarrassed because of my dependency upon you. Well, how do I deal with that? I need to be driven out. That's the description. How do you deal with why would God structure it that way? You could say, maybe it's the right answer, don't ask those sorts of questions. I was taught something by David a long time ago, and I've used it many times in the past since, that it works like this. The reason God began us there with then a rupture is the same reason for argument's sake, if you'll accept what I'm about to say. He set us up at Ma'amad Har Sinai with giving us a Torah and accepting a deity 49, 50 days outside of Egypt in a world and state in which we were so distant from being ready for such an experience. He sets up a circumstance where there will be a rupture. Why would you set up a circumstance where there will be a rupture. Well, I've now set up a process for you which began with an origin where you're seeking to return to. The goal was established as an initial living. Now that I'm driving you away from it, I'm telling you that's what you're seeking out. It's the reason that we oftentimes reflect back and think about our parents and great-grandparents and great-grandparents and paint them in the most beautiful colors and tell the most beautiful stories about them because they need to be pristine for us because we envision ourselves as marching forward but really kind of returning back. It's the description 
Masechet Nidan Daf Lamed of the uh, of the child in the in the womb of his mother, studying, learning the whole Torah. Upon exit, it's all lost. It's a very Platonic vision of knowledge, but irrespective of that, what's that description? It's a sadistic way if we're to take it very literally or even figuratively. What God wants to give it to us and then take it away from us, but it's the same point. That's the initial creation. The initial creation is in this state of being in which that's where I want to be. I can't actually be there. If I'm actually there, there is no game to be played. It's game over. It's a description as well. I just I just thought about this on Sunday. Is the Gemara in Masechet Menachot and Afkafte tells that funny story, well-known funny story of Rabbi Akiva and Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe coming up to the heavens and finding God who's kosher kitarim laotiot. He's putting crowns onto the letters. And he asks, what are you doing with that? Says Moshe, tells him, and many generations from now, there's going to be that individual, Rabbi Akiva, who's going to be Doresh on all of us. Wait a second, wait, wait one second. How come Moshe wasn't the right, uh, the rightful owner of those kitarim? How come he couldn't be Doresh, those kitarim? Well, Moshe is the initial stage. Moshe is the person who brings the Torah. He's the Ma'amad Harsinai individual. He's the person who embodies the quote before rupture stage. Well, the before rupture stage doesn't have those kitarim. Those yeah, kitarim yeah. are the human in de- in ve- development later on. That's Torah Shabal Peh. That's Rabbi Akiva, who then has to trace it backward to find the source through his own involvement. Do you follow? In other words, there's the gan. There's the initial reception of the Torah. There's no Torah Shabal Peh. There's no human endeavor. There's no process. Then there's stage two. That's Bisha'asha Allah Moshe Lamarom. He goes up to the heavens. It's after the Torah was given already. He goes after the heaven. Then he sees, how come he didn't have the crowns already? That's Rosh Baal Pitts after the rupture. Yeah. It's also the same, the Midrash of, of what Yehoshua lost. The, the, you know, that, that's the rupture, right? Like, it, there would be no purpose for Talmud Torah to Rosh Baal if everything as Moshe got it, got transmitted perfectly over and over and over, yes. carbon copy so you're going further you're explaining the beauty and the necessity of it but that's what David refers to the Gemara in Masechet Temura I think which yes which refers to after the death of Moshe or at the death of Moshe Moshe turns to Yoshua and asks him ask any question you have to me we're familiar with this Yoshua says I know everything already you said about me I'm always with you and then many halachot significant number of halachot until uh, and and they're lost from Am and all sorts of svekot till the days of Otniel ben Knaz who restores them. What's that a description of? It's again a description of the same thing. There's an initial knowledge, an initial almost static state of being where I can't arrive at divinity because I'm, I am complete but it's an inborn essence. I haven't achieved that. And now there's a rupture. There's that forgetfulness which only causes me now to turn backward. In short, concluding with this, in one of the most famous passages in his book set forth for us over here was a very singular vision in my mind as to why we are the way we are based on God's will. God's will was that we mimic his ways, as I told you in that last source, as Victor brought us to it in the initial statement of the Gemara. Masechet Sota says, what's it all about? It's about walking in the ways of God. In Sefer Devarim, Moshe tells it to us a ton of times. And the first time I talked about the Halachta I saw it in the Parasha. I saw it in the Parasha again. The 
parsha again. And so throughout, Moshe keeps saying, walk in the ways of God, because that's what it's about. What does it mean to walk in the ways of God? So the rabbis tell us, be like him. Well, how am I going to be like him? In the most basic sense, say, be complete. Be complete. How can I be complete? Well, it means developing yourself to the state in which you've achieved something. That's a state of completion. If it's inborn, you're not complete. That's just what you were from the onset. That's the ability to be divine. Dativ uh, throws in at the end of that paragraph after he gave us the initial description. By the way, he hasn't tied any bows for us yet because he still has to deal with a lot of issues. All he's kind of, you know, he told us, I need to start with my question. My question of why did God create us and how did he create us? Well, he's got a lot to go and he'll bring us in different twists and turns along the way. But then he concludes it with those famous words of the Nahamad de Kisufa, which I'm warning you and I'm suggesting that you not take it literally in terms of, well, it doesn't want us to be embarrassed. He kind of wants us just to be smiling and not flushed in the face. That's not what it means. The embarrassment is a reiteration of the same point. To be embarrassed means, well, I don't deserve this. To be embarrassed means, I'm just receiving. That's Adam and Hava in the Gan. When they realize, gosh, we're just receiving. We haven't achieved anything. That's when they're embarrassed. The mission they're then setting themselves on is the initial ambition of God as well. It's to be Yosrei Odamot. It's to be Selim Elokim. It's the ability to be, ironically, the Nahash thinks, quote-unquote, our Yeser Hara thinks, quote-unquote, that it's misleading us by sending us on that path of Yitim Kelohim, but ultimately speaking with the path we were destined and are destined to be on. Baruch Adonai Le'olam, Amen, Amen.